0: pop it over the P or the D, whatever you want to call it, and rub away. That is up and down.
1: Michelle, hello. How are you today?
0: I'm great. I'm absolutely great. This is so exciting.
1: You're always great.
0: Well, I Always great. What can I say? Great, great, great. I'm great or Graish. Great. Great. As one of our new listeners said, but we'll get to that later. She called us Graish. <laughs> spelt it. She spelt it like that too.
1: <laughs> Love that. First of all, before we launch in, Michelle, I want to say happy new year to all of our eavesdroppers out there listening to us. We love you and thank you. By the way, I'm Geordie.
0: And I'm Michelle. You're listening to Eavesdropping the podcast, the comedy podcast. Comedy
1: Weekly, yes.
0: And you're an eavesdropper. You're an eavesdropper if you didn't know it.
1: Yes. Congratulations. And I know it's not 2024 yet, but it's coming. It's on its way. The big night. Michelle, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? Something exciting? Absolutely not. I'm working. But you will have a glass of champers. Or five. Or five. Mm. I hope you don't spill any gravy over somebody's slacks.
0: Oh. <laughs> a, we don't do gravy and B, no one wears we still slacks. wear slacks.
1: Yeah. You love a slack. You love the chafing whoosh of a slack. I do love the sound of a whoosh, 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 as you're walking down the corridors and then as you touch a metal door handle, the snap of electricity. I get that all the time Ooh. from people. Oh.
0: I do. I I touch a person. I get a... T- I wonder if that means you're psychic. Well, do you know what? Safka, our resident good white witch, she can get in touch. Does that mean I'm psychic? Please, Safka, let me know.
1: Speaking of Safka, we have a few messages that we would like to attempt to play from our devoted eavesdroppers that we have had, um, that we have amassed this year. 2023 was a big year for us with eavesdropping. and We got a lot of new friends. I'm going to call them friends because I feel like they're our friends now, Michelle.
0: They are, they're friends, not just friends of the podcast, friends, just friends.
1: Friends in life, because we care. And for a start, we'd like to say a happy 50th birthday to a very special listener called Shari.
0: Shari, this is your very special big, 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 big shout out. Or shot Art, if you listen.
1: Shart Art to oh, you, oh. Shartree. No, that's not fair. Shari. It's her big day. Call it. I know. I just couldn't <laughs> help it. Sharty. Sh- no, no one calls you that, Shari. No one calls you that. No
0: one. This was a special request from your good friends, Yasmin and Safka. They asked for a very special Shart Art for you. So this is for you. Happy birthday. Shout out,
1: shout, out, shout, out, your shout out, out,
0: out, you're getting a shout out.
1: Happy birthday, Shari, and thank you to all of you for being eavesdroppers. That goes to all the gang, Shari and her friends, Yasmin, Safka. I think Kiss Apocalypse is one of them.
0: Also known as Jono, we've got some things from Jono coming up.
1: This episode is a bit of a, a kind of over to you, listener's corner, if you like.
0: And a bit of a pick and mix. It's a bit of a pick and mix. We had a Christmas stocking. Now we've got a New Year pick and mix.
1: Is that an expression though, Michelle? New Year's pick and mix? I don't think it is. It is now. What are you saying? It is. A New Year's. I'm just trying to think of the actual saying. What would you have on New Year's?
0: Ring in the New Year. It's a Christmas. Ring it in. It's a Christmas ringing of the bell. No, New Year ringing of the bells. I'm so... It's all gone wrong.
1: What about, oh, I can't think of anything, a grab bag? No, a show bag. It's a show bag full of bits and bobs for Maybe. you this episode.
0: Or it's a a New Year's toast.
1: That's what it can be. Here's a toast. Here's to you, Michelle. Thank you for 2024. We've had a great year, haven't we? It's
0: 2023. So, sorry.
1: Thank you for 2023. <laughs> We've had a great year, haven't we? This is not scripted, by the way, as you can probably tell because I keep making mistakes.
0: We've had a brilliant 2023. I mean, when we think back to 2020, when we first started, the world was in COVID. Everyone was trapped at home. Here we are. It's three years we've been doing this, yes. bringing eavesdropping to the eavesdroppers and it's been a great three years. We are so very grateful for all our listeners. Thank you.
1: Grateful is a word that Michelle does not like to use. So aren't you lucky? She doesn't like to feel grateful.
0: I normally don't use that word. I'd normally say appreciate. In terms of the vibes, the vibes of that word, it has a much nicer connotation. But I I appreciate and I'm grateful in this moment. And she's vibing.
1: I- <laughs> So, Michelle, looking over 2023 for eavesdropping, what's happened for us? What sort of things did we talk about this year? We actually started with a cult. Oh, yes. I was in Australia. Yes, the Val Part 2. A follow-up of old Ranieri, wasn't it? Nixium. Yes. I think we also did the Railway Children as well as sent in by listener Janika. Janika from Amsterdam. I've got something to tell you about Janika and her nicknames. Now, last episode, we chortled and were aghast almost at Neil the scientist's suggestion for her nickname, which was Janneke Nickers. Janneke Nickers. Yes. Well, now I understand. Thanks to another listener from Germany, Anushka. She sent a message, not a voice note, saying Yarnickers, Nickers. Oh my! That's God. why
0: your we didn't
1: get it. Sorry, Neil. Neil, we're
0: so dumb.
1: I did pass it down to. Yannicka and she said, oh, so basically I'm pants. She's not happy with that one either. Yes. She'll stick with Yanica from Amsterdam.
0: Yannicka's, Yannicka's, wow. How do we not get that? That's almost like you with Kiss Apocalypse. I know. Yes,
1: exactly. Take the moment for it to land. Missed that for one. For it to drop. But I think Yanica from Amsterdam, Yannicka alluring yet menacing are two names that can be interchangeable and very descriptive. Yes. Uh, We did the missing persons case of Marion Barter. That was interesting. That was also sent in by a listener. I don't remember. We don't remember.
0: Marion Barty, it was an Australian missing persons case, 51 years old.
1: The lady vanishes. Yeah, she quit her
0: job, took off to Europe for a holiday of a lifetime, never seen again. Absolutely tragic, actually. We also did, oh, yes, it's very Australian at the beginning of the year, Uh, Weambula shootings.
1: Weambula. I was in Australia, so that's probably why. That was the news story that was breaking the, the minute I touched down in Sydney. Last year, or this year. Yes. Yeah, in 2023.
0: And we also looked at the Monte Cristo homestead. The
1: ghosty-wosties. ghosty Yes, because Wosties. I sat in a circle with some friends and they all gave me some stories to do with ghosts. One was a yaoi, so I imagine a yaoi's coming up as well. It is indeed. The next episode, in fact, is the Australian Yowie. <laughs> there we go. We were very Aussie-heavy at the beginning of the year. But we are a multicultural podcast aren't we Michelle?
0: We are indeed because then the very next episode we looked at Nepal's child goddesses.
1: Oh yes. Multicultural. Multicultural just like I said.
0: And another cult actually.
1: Moonies? Shoko versus Shlomo. Shlomo versus Shoko. Yes that was good. Lev The cults come thick and fast. We felt like we hadn't done a cult in ages and already you're saying about three cults that we've talked about (laughs) before it's even hit February. There's just so many, Michelle. What does that say about our society, I wonder?
0: We love a cult. People love to follow. Do you know what? I was talking to Hot Chef last night about the cult episode and he was saying there's actually a handbook, How to Be a Cult Leader. And I wish I could remember the name of this book. I will ask him. Tommaso, if you're listening, get in touch or I'll see you tonight.
1: There's also a series on Netflix and that starts with Manson.
0: Right. Well, this is actually, there is a handbook and I think it was written maybe in the 20s. It was essentially, if you want to be a cult leader, this is what you need to do deprive your followers of food you know sleep deprivation give them something Love to bomb. all of that stuff you know it's all there so if you're thinking about becoming a cult leader maybe some of you are who am I to judge I'll give you a little top tip that can be our uh, new year's present
1: Michelle's just handed it to you on a plate and you can thank us later when we do a story about you
0: we also looked at this is more conspiracy things chemical cover-ups Chinese weather balloons, uh, Ohio train derailment.
1: Those are all things that happened at the beginning of the year, Michelle, in 2023. We were very zeitgeisty.
0: We were. We put a spin on it. Are we having our attention deflected? I mean, as much as we love a cult, we also love a conspiracy. We also looked at some headlines about Madeleine McCann. Was the Polish woman really Madeleine? No.
1: Turns out she wasn't.
0: Craigslist killer. And if you don't know what we're talking about, perfect opportunity for you to go back and catch up on our earlier episodes
1: exactly and that's just in one year we do how many episodes per year do we do michelle is it 52 well
0: that's how many weeks
1: a year there are so yes we do 52 52 it's a lot of
0: work But we
1: love it. Regarding that, all that work that we do for you for free, we also have the paid Patreon page. So if you can spare a couple of quid or a couple of dollars or a couple of, I don't know what other currencies there are, euros,
0: rubles, rubles,
1: (laughs) pesos, whatever, please do go and check out our Patreon page. We are working behind the scenes to try and make it more exciting. In 2024, there'll be a few more things in there. But what we do give our patrons is a free episode a month plus extra bits. Is that right? Well, it's an extra droppings. Plus messages. I throw
0: things up there like the travel pussy pick, the links. And going back to
1: just recapping on
0: things we've done, a big year for your postie.
1: Oh, yes. Dan. Dan the postie. I came back from my trip to Australia to find him listening away in the ear pods to our podcast.
0: He missed you. <laughs> I miss him. I haven't seen him for weeks. This is the time when you get to We just a- keep
1: missing each other. But see. hello, Dan. I'm sure I'll see you before the end of the year. Hello,
0: Dan. And he actually was the inspiration behind our Going Postal episode, Postal Workers Who Kill. And we weren't making a connection between Dan being a killer and no, he, no, God, no. Could you imagine Dan with a dagger? No, it's not going to happen. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> you put it in my head. Yeah, but he'd just be laughing. He's got that big smile. He'd be, he wouldn't be serious. He wouldn't be trying to Dan the dagger wielding postie No, post-y. no it. it's not
1: a good image. No, I w- don't want these images. No. What else did we do, Mish? Oh, we looked at the Calvine UFO mystery. Oh yeah, that was interesting.
0: You know, a lot of these things mustn't be very satisfying. I mean, certainly for us, but maybe for our listeners too,
1: because a lot of these things end with a question mark. We don't wrap them up very well, but that's because mysteries exist. We don't always have the answers. And a mystery is a mystery
0: because it's a mystery, right? That's right. Michelle, have you had a drink? (laughs) Have you been drinking? Look, it's Christmas, New Year. Everyone's drinking. Wake up, chug, chug.
1: Just constantly on the sauce. Then we looked at um, the psychic who found Nicola Bully. Do you know what? I thought about him the other day, Michelle, because there's been another episode of a woman going in the water and I'm just waiting to see if he's attached to this story. Sorry, no shade. You never
0: know because, I mean, he keeps finding the bodies and we didn't want to make a connection between the psychic finding the bodies all the time and knowing where they are. We did not make that connection. But then we had a little, I say lighthearted, wasn't that lighthearted, Dancing Plague. Radium jaw? Oh, yes.
1: Yes. Radium jaw. Horrific.
0: And also, that's when I think Jen's grey wig first made <laughs> its appearance. It gave us quite a few laughs, Jen's grey wig, because she insisted it wasn't a grey wig, but Jen, it was.
1: I'd love a message from Jen on here. Maybe we'll put her on the Patreon.
0: Jen, send us a voice note. Bit of Jen. Bit of Jen. Doesn't go stray.
1: We also talked about Mothman. That was interesting because we have actually revisited Mothman prophecies recently. I think that was to do with Men in Black. We are learning so much all the time, Michelle, expanding our knowledge.
0: Yes, but the problem with me is it's a little bit like I think my teacher said to me at school, in one ear, out the other. I learn. I get obsessed. I love it. I do all the research. I'm fully into it. And then it's gone. It's like Mm -hmm. the hard drive
1: empties out. You're a walking, talking Groundhog Day, Michelle. Don't think that's a compliment.
0: Then we also
1: looked at the Barcelona Railway Kids. That was a fascinating mystery, yes.
0: And also the Beatrice Six. The six people who confessed to a murder that none of them That they committed. didn't
1: do. No, they yeah. were all brainwashed by psychiatrists and by the police. They were coerced. Now, this came up for me the other day when I was learning stuff in my course because one of my tutors does hypnotherapy. And I was wondering, she did say that it could be used in a way that, you know, you have to be very ethical when you're using yes. hypnotherapy. And you have to be very careful when working with trauma.
0: Or making someone dance like a chicken, which is what they always do when you go to those group hypno cabaret show. I've had quite a lot of hypnotherapy, not recently, but in my past. And yes, you have to trust who's going into your subconscious because they can plant a few things in there that have you end up confessing to a murder that you didn't commit. And being jailed for it for
1: 20 plus years, awful. We talked about vabbing. I thought about that recently. I don't know why. It just popped into my head. I think somebody said something and it sounded like vabbing. And I was like, what's that? Oh, yes, we did that. That's something to do with Gwyneth Paltrow and her vagina. Basically, if you're single, the theory is,
0: or not even if you're not single, if you just want to attract the males in your sphere to you, a little dab in the nether regions. It's
1: pure pheromones, I think.
0: But although we did do a little uh, deep dive into that that said, It's all bullshit, but who knows? Yeah. Now, that does bring me back
1: to the travel pussy. A lot of controversy in the last weeks about the travel pussy. You just can't let the travel pussy go, can you, Michelle? I think you're really giving your fiancé a hard time every night. Why didn't you bloody put the pennies in the slot to get (laughs) yourself a travel pussy?
0: Get off me. Use the travel pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, here's another one for the blokes. This comes from Kiss Apocalypse, and he sent me a link to a Tenga device or devices. What? Basically, it's a masturbation egg for men. Oh, Christ. And of course, it comes from Japan and it's beautifully designed, I have to say. I mean, the travel pussy is quite crude. The egg. <laughs> I mean, it's a lovely little egg shape. It's made from mm. silicon. And I only know this, not because I have one. I went to YouTube because that's what you do when you don't know
1: okay. about something. There was an unboxing video.
0: Yes. <laughs> and you, uh, you flip <laughs> Like we're going
1: to do for Patreon with the actual travel pussy at some point.
0: Andreas doesn't know. He needs to purchase the pussy. So with this egg, you flip it inside out. It's silicon egg shape. Flip it inside out. It's mm. full of all these nubs and knobs and what? bits of texture in the silicone. It comes with a, a sachet of lube. Squirt that lube into the oh, egg, God. pop it over the P or the D, whatever you want to call it, and <laughs> rub away. That is up and down. Rub away. Rub away. <laughs> That's good advice. One million units yeah. were sold in its first year in, of production in 2004.
1: And I wonder how many are just lying around in charity shops now.
0: They market them as a one-time use. Well, I read the comments on this YouTube video. One guy said, 60
1: plus times, just wash and go. Oh, crumbs. Now I'm concerned about the landfill.
0: Well, look, in a way, good on that guy for, you know, 60 plus uses because... He's doing his bit for the environment. He's not just throwing away this silicon. So, well done. Congrats. There was another product called the Tanga Flip Hole, and what I did appreciate this, mm. was, <laughs> was that it was not designed to anatomically resemble a woman. It was a toy. Okay. It's a toy. It's a hole in a cylinder, and it's full of all these lovely looking knobs and star shapes and triangles and you pop your knob in there pop the lube in away you go but do you know what it's all for the men isn't it all for the men these things
1: Yes. but thank you very much for the link okay there we are we've had our sex talk we've had our sex toy talk yes what next
0: We got an email because people are hot on the emails. Hello at eavesdroppingpodcast.com. We love it when you write in. Love it. New eavesdropper Charlene. Hello, Charlene. She said, I've just found your podcast and I just wanted to say it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, wonderful. We like positive Affirmations. affirmations. And we like you already. And she said, it's really making a crappy fibromyalgia flare more
1: bearable. Thank you. Oh, God love her. Yeah, I'm glad we're helping. I'm happy that that's put a smile on your face when you're not feeling top ticket. I want all of you to have a little smile when we're coming in your ears, so to speak. (laughs) Because, you know, life can be tough. Life can be shitty. Life can be hard. It can throw you some not nice things. Yes.
0: I'm happy that we can put a smile on your face, Charlene. Because
1: we always look for the bright side, even when talking about murders.
0: She said, I haven't looked through all your back episodes, so apologies if you've already done this, but I'd love you to look into the grift that is Hilaria Baldwin and her quotes Spanish heritage.
1: interesting. Do you know about this? That's some sort of fraudy based. I do know about Hilaria. Hilaria. I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's probably just Hilary. You're right, Charlene. She's married to, what's his name? Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. The one that accidentally killed someone recently. Very shocking and sad. And we did talk about that when it happened, I think.
0: Truly horrific. Well, this is not going to be a deep dive. It's more, uh, I looked into it. You're right, She is culturally appropriating Spanish culture. How is that proven? Because she said, I was born in Mallorca and she wasn't. She was born in Boston. Oh. She hasn't even got Spanish parents and you are absolutely on the money. Her name is Hillary. It's not Hilaria. Right. She just wanted to be called Hilaria and she was called out because people said, you're not Spanish. Stop impersonating a Spanish person. Stop trying to be a Spanish person. There was a link to a clip where she was teaching people on some kind of morning chat show how to make an authentic gazpacho and she's there and she's speaking with an American accent and she's looking at the ingredients and then she looks at a bowl of cucumbers and she says, and this... Uh, um, how you say in English, like she's forgotten, (laughs) like she's so Spanish that she's forgotten the word for cucumber. And so people just ripped her to shreds. Obviously, Hilaria is the Spanish. I mean, I think it's quite hilarious that she calls herself Hilaria (laughs) because what she's doing is ridiculous. You know, she said on her bio, her acting bio, she was born in Spain Not true. Even Alec came out and said, yes, my wife was born in Spain. Completely not true. Oh, well, maybe that's what he thinks. She said she spent a lot of time in Spain as a child. Not true. Her parents have moved to Mallorca. That is true. But it's just weird. And I mean, look, you see pictures of her. She does look a little bit Spanish. Fair play. But, Uh you know, that's like me saying I'm Swedish. I'm learning Swedish, but I'm not Swedish.
1: (laughs) No, but it might be like you saying you're Italian because your dad was Italian.
0: Well, I'm half Italian and I have a passport, so I think that's fair play.
1: Yeah, but you've never lived in Italy and you don't speak fluent Italian and it's not like you grew up speaking Italian then learned English so I guess that's the difference isn't it? Well
0: I think it also comes down to your genetics too. I am 50% Italian so fair play I can claim that but can't yeah. claim I'm 100% Italian. Italian
1: heritage I think is how you would say it wouldn't, wouldn't I you? I guess so
0: yeah I'm 50% sperm, vagina, egg whatever No, I get
1: all that. I know how that works, <laughs> Michelle. But what I'm trying to say is you weren't immersed in the Italian culture. No, you I was weren't not. raised speaking Italian and you don't call eggplants or aubergines or whatever they're called melanzano. what are Melanzane. they called See. Si. Well, you know, that's the difference. I think mm. maybe that's what she's trying to Allude to are the parents Spanish? The parents are not
0: Spanish? Oh. There's no Spanish heritage at all in her family. They're just retired
1: to Mallorca, like most
0: most people who want sunshine and an easy over life. 50s. And, and yeah. a glass of wine costs one euro.
1: Intriguing.
0: It is intriguing. And it's not a deep dive, but thank you for the heads up, Charlene. And thank you for saying
1: Yeah, Charlene. Welcome. Welcome and th- to the eavesdropping community.
0: Yes. And thank you for saying
1: where grace
0: g r e y s a she did she did grace i love it me too grace. i'm not saying i'm right i'm just saying i could be right
1: so michelle today i'm just going to be telling the stories because you are working on something a bit bigger for next week i'm just going to entertain you with what i'm calling a few la stories and i'll tell you why it's because I started looking into something for a listener who has already been mentioned today, Yasmin Element. She's one of the gang of girls, Safka, Shari, Yasmin. They're all good friends and they all listen to eavesdropping. She asked me to look into someone. Okay. She actually asked you because she, she thinks that you've got a subscription to the dark web. <laughs> well, I know that that's lapsed. So <laughs> I took this on because I found it really interesting. She's asked us to look into a one hit wonder from Australia in the 80s. Now, those of you who weren't old enough to remember the 80s, this may be interesting, but not as interesting for some of us who were there and remember it. It was a one hit wonder woman from America who made it big in Australia with a song called Sex Symbol and her name is Flame Fortune.
0: Geordie, at this point, I must stop you and say, I don't remember this song, Sex Simple. You don't remember Flame Fortune? No. Can you sing a little
1: bit? Because I need a jog. I, I need a memory jog. I could be here. Jog. I could be there. I could be anywhere. But am I in your hair? I'm sure that's oh. the words. Feel me, touch me, taste me. Do you want me? Feel me, touch me, taste me. Do you want me? She's very sexy. She's got really long, bright orange hair. Mm-hmm. Really cute. The video was all white. And she's affiliated with In Excess.
0: Oh, Okay, really ringing no bells at all. I don't remember that song. I don't remember Flame Fortune.
1: Go ahead and Google sex symbol by Flame Fortune while I'm telling you this so you can get a visual.
0: Okay, I will say it's turning out to be a very sexy episode. We've got eggs, travel pussies, and now sex symbols.
1: Now Flame Fortune, sex symbol. Okay, so Yasmin and I both remember Flame Fortune. If no one else does, then Soz. But here's an interesting story about a beautiful young woman Talented or not, I'm not so sure because I did look at some of her songs that she did apart from that one. It wasn't her main talent, I don't think, singing and and making music, but she loved it and she really wanted to be in the limelight because Flame Fortune was actually born Heather Hogue. Other names that she's known by is Harrison or even Shane so Heather Shane, Heather, Heather Harrison. She was an L.A.-based child actress and grew up to be a teen model. And like I said, she always wanted to be in a band. She also had an enormous crush on Michael Hutchins from In Excess. And I think most people around the world know who that is. Yes. At 15, she was the editor of a music mag called Hot Rocks, which got her known in music circles. In fact, she and Alice Cooper were good friends and he used her pet snake in some promotional shots She also had a few cable TV shows, which were like rock interview style based things. And Like I said, she was very beautiful with long flame red curls, always dressed in tight leather, very sexy. And she changed her name to Flame Fortune. And when she told her grandmother, she said to her, you can't do that. Everyone will call you Miss Fortune.
0: (laughs) The granny's on it. I've just Googled her. Stunning. Gorgeous girl, look at that hair, before Nicole Kidman maybe even.
1: around the same time I think yeah she was bold as brass she just pushed through doors if she wanted something she would go out and try and get it and I think she was into things like what's that when you ask the universe for things what's that called manifestation manifesting things yeah so she did a lot of those kind of things and she took her crush on Michael Hutchins to another level when she reached out to their manager Chris Murphy in Australia and arranged to meet them on one of their trips to LA when she did meet them she gave them loads of her demos like the band In excess, and Michael picked out Sex Symbol as the hit. And obviously, Michael's eyes lit up when he saw her because she's fucking beautiful. They then, as a band, paid for Flame's trip to Australia, where she recorded that single plus B side Jungle Boy, which had Michael Hutchins and bandmate Andrew Farris co producing, and Michael Hutchins was singing backing vocals. Wow. So she
0: already sort of had it in the bag that. Regardless of whether or not the song was any good, people were going to look at it because it had the backing of In Excess.
1: When you listen to the song, Michelle, you will remember, I'm sure of it. We're the same age, so you would have seen this and gone, oh, her hair's so pretty. I want that hair, (laughs) which is what I thought. Why can't I have hair like that? I was into Boy George, Marilyn. Well, this is a bit later. So she's a one-hit wonder, Flame. She travelled back and forth from Australia to Hollywood in the intervening years, VJing, don't know where or what or how, maybe she was on MTV or something, and recording with other musical projects such as something called I.O. Pan and writing a screenplay to star Michael Hutchins called Sex Symbol Superstar. And it's thought that the two did have some kind of relationship. Now, I know that listener Yasmin did do a little bit of digging around because she found out some information But it's thin on the ground because it is pre-internet, this stuff. The relationship with her and Michael, I think, was on-off. And there has been some kind of chat about her being photographed wearing the same distinctive heart and cross T-shirt that used to belong to Michael's long term girlfriend, Michelle Bennett. By the way, Michelle Bennett's name might be familiar to you, Michelle, because she produced our favourite TV show of this year. What, Mr. In Between? Yes, she did. Michelle with one L? Yes.
0: Yes. That's it. Interesting.
1: She owned that t shirt. There's photos of Michelle Bennett wearing it. Then there's promotional shots of Michael Hutchins wearing this t shirt. It's like got a heart with a big ankh or some sort of Egyptian cross behind it. And then there's pictures of her wearing it or it's in her room or something and there are also letters to and from the pair and he calls himself in his letters to her honey hutch Well, if Michelle Bennett didn't know it was over, she did then. She did know it was over because in one letter, she told a friend how they had hooked up after years apart and she was now working as a stripper in LA. When she heard he was in town, she called the hotel using his pseudonym, which she must have known. And after she did her stripping shift, which was also just before her birthday at midnight, they spent the night together and she was so happy about that. She also mentioned she was able to get off her chest how she had felt about him in the intervening years saying it was like good therapy and also that he had apologised for neglecting their relationship because he had been, and I quote from Flame's letter, been dragged around by his dick for two years by some girl, meaning Kylie, end quote. Oh,
0: yes. I do remember when Kylie was with Michael. I think the world was a bit like, what? He's with her? It just didn't make any sense. She had that short wig on, the noughts and crosses, yeah. um, spangly dress
1: at the time. Well, they were together for 2 years. So this puts the date to 1991 when they finished because they were together from I think 89 to 91. And this is when things get murky for Flame Fortune because she was reportedly murdered <gasps> on or around December 16th, 1991 by a controlling boyfriend who somehow managed to evade capture, leaving her death a cold case. And this is what shocked Yasmin and prompted her to contact the podcast. But unfortunately, Yasmin I could find no other info regarding her murder apart from things that her mother alludes to in the page she runs in Flame's name. Oh, my gosh. But Michael probably had more info than most and subsequently wrote about her on In 1997 album, Elegantly Wasted, in a song called Show Me, brackets, Cherry Baby. He all but confirmed it was about Flame Fortune when he was performing this song to a crowd in L.A., prefacing the song by saying, it's about a girl from L.A. who got murdered. And the (gasps) lyrics are, found in the gutter with a knife in her back. I don't know the song. Otherwise, I'd sing it. You know I would. (laughs) With a knife in her back. Letter said sorry. Please don't worry. She had a lover with danger in his eyes. I tried to tell her, but she had the wildest heart. Gosh, sad.
0: uh, really sad and actually quite beautifully put together those words.
1: Well, of course, he joined her a few years later in rock star heaven, I suppose you could call it, when he took his own life. But that's another story for another day. Because there's a bit of mystery around that. Sadly, Yasmin, that's all I could find about Flame Fortune. And obviously, a lot of people, including Michelle, don't even remember who she was. But I do.
0: No, I don't remember. I feel a little guilty. I didn't realize you were going to say she got murdered. I thought there was going to be something else, I like know. maybe she defrauded ten thousand people in a pyramid scheme or something. Yeah, or maybe no. maybe she got all of Hutchinson's money because somebody's got it. Family don't. Murder, murder. It's true, true. And, and it's crime. Crime
1: Crime time. Murder. Crime time. I'm afraid that this is a true crime episode today. I should have told you. It is about murders. (laughs) Okay. And they're linked to LA because I found another story. Now, this week I have been mainly watching mind-numbing TV because I am at the point of overwhelm we're all coming to the end of the year because of my busy life sometimes you just need to not watch the highbrow or midbrow things i suppose you could call them that we like to watch michelle yes so i watched the real housewives of beverly hills
0: <laughs> you love a real housewives
1: franchise i, I know do. It. it's like some kind of psychological experiment it's mean girls You know, from 38 plus up to 50 and 60 years old, some of these women are, yet still they act Mm. in a way that only women can when they're all together, out-glamming, out-riching, out-being the best person, out-owning it. But they're all great characters in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. If you're going to choose one, choose this one because it's fabulous. And there's some famous people in it. In fact, there's a lady called Lisa Rinna who is such a character. Oh, She was a daytime TV actress and previous model and she now is a hustler which means i guess she does anything for for dosh i don't know what that actually means she does do qvc channels and whatnot she's married to the very handsome actor harry hamlin who started out in movies and then went on to i think la law or something like that so he's very well known and still working yes and she's got two gorgeous daughters who are both it models of the day so they all appear in the show including Her dear old mum, who sadly has since passed away, because this episode I saw was from 2019. Her mum's name is Lois, who, when I saw the episode, which is from 2019, was in her 90s.
0: Oh, good on you, Lois. You had a great innings.
1: Yes, she sure did. But what happened in her life was massive. In this episode, it was revealed that Lois was lucky to be alive after being kidnapped and stabbed by a serial killer. What?! They were just the women, mother and daughter, were sitting at the breakfast bar having a chit-chat. And this came out. And it was unbelievable. I immediately had to go and Google and find out more about it. Around the time when the episode came out, Lisa was quoted as saying to media, A few years before I was born, my mum was attacked by a man that she worked with. He picked her up at a bus stop. And then all of a sudden, he started to drive her down this really deserted road. He tried to rape her. He tried to kill her. Luckily, a military policeman had seen them drive down this deserted road and he knew no one was supposed to be down there and he followed them down. My mum was saved that day by that military policeman. Wow, what a lucky break she had that somebody spotted it. Lois adds, That was a really bad thing. I knew him, she said. I thought that was it. He's straddling me. He had a hammer in one hand and a knife in the other. Oh my God. Lois was actually stabbed in the hand and hit in the head with the hammer a number of times. And when the policeman tried to stop the assault, the perpetrator shot him but missed. So the policeman shot back and hit the perpetrator in the stomach and leg. Wow, this is really serious. It sure is, Michelle. Wait till you hear the rest of the fucking story. It wasn't until Lisa Rinner was older that her mother actually told her what had happened. And up until that point, Lois had told her daughter that the metal plates that she had in her head and the fact that she didn't have a sense of smell was because some kid had hit her in the head with a hammer.
0: Right. Well, you're not going to reveal the true
1: story, are you, to your eight-year-old? No, exactly. She was older than eight when she found out. And when Lisa said... When I finally learned the truth, I had such great sadness and empathy for my mum. Not only did this happen to her, but that she basically just stuffed those feelings for how many years? She never dealt with it. She never talked about it. She never even told her daughter about it.
0: Yeah. As a mum, I imagine you want to protect your child from this awful experience that happened to you.
1: Absolutely. Well, in the episode when the women are talking to each other, Lisa and her mum, Lois said, I was the first one he went to jail for. They gave him seven and a half years. Now, this is from 1960. Who was the perpetrator, Michelle? I'll tell you. He was known as the trailside killer. Real name, David Carpenter. Oh, God.
0: I haven't even heard of this
1: one. His MO was stalking and murdering several people on hiking trails in state parks near San Francisco in California in the 1970s and early 80s. And at one point, it was believed he may have even been the Zodiac Killer. But by 1988, it was conclusively proven in court that Carpenter was actually incarcerated during several of the Zodiac Killer's murders.
0: Right, because when you sort of rhetorically asked me before, who's this killer? I did think, I wonder if this is Zodiac. Zodiac. I mean, it's the go-to. We still don't know who that is, do we? No, it's a mystery. Well, is it? There have been some people
1: attributed to...
0: And that woman who did that incredible podcast and documentary who then took her own life because she was so overwhelmed by it. That was a different murderer. No, that was the Golden State Killer.
1: Sorry, got it wrong. So after he was released from Lois's attempted murder, he was arrested again for robbery, kidnapping and rape. Lois is believed to be the first of Carpenter's adult victims, but he had previously been incarcerated as a teenager for molesting two of his young cousins. Oh, my God. I know. In 1970, which is after he'd done time for Lois, Lois Lois's attempted murder and rape. Carpenter was imprisoned once again for kidnapping and rape. And on his release nine years later, he went on a murderous rampage between 1979 and 1981. Sorry, but why is
0: this guy getting released? He keeps being released. Yes. Ridiculous.
1: Appalling. So David Carpenter murdered so many people along Bay Area nature trails that some parks at the time posted signs saying, do not hike alone. And police warned the public that a ritualistic serial killer with a severe psychological problem was on the loose. So no walkies for me, if I'd read that somewhere. In your local park, someone, the police. Mm. No dog walks for me when there's a flasher out. Yeah. There is a flasher in our local park and I just don't go. No. Since when? Oh, he's gone now, but he was there over the summer. (laughs) He wasn't attempting to flash at women like me. He was going for much younger, prettier girls.
0: Well, he's a fair weather flasher, obviously.
1: He's a fair weather flasher, exactly.
0: Yes, (laughs) I do, I do remember, actually, this.
1: I couldn't send my daughter out walking the dog because the flasher was Awful. around, yes. But anyway, going back to Carpenter, as I said, his MO was to lay in wait along woodland trails, then raped and psychologically tortured his victims before making them beg for their lives oh, and then killed them. Fucker. The psychiatrist who later treated Carpenter said, ever since the age of eight, whenever he was under significant stress, he would commit a sex offence. The only way he could think straight is to rape the nearest female. And I'm sorry, trigger warning. Too late. I know I've been pulled up on this before. You do the triggers triggering, too late. <laughs> giving the giving the warning after the info. But this is a true crime episode, guys. Soz. Yes. I'll tell you a little bit about the victims now. There was 44-year-old Edda Kane, 23-year-old Barbara Schwartz and 26-year-old Anne Evelyn Alderson. They were all found murdered on the same trail, all killed at different times. Then there was 23-year-old Mary Frances Bennett, who was found murdered on a Bay Area walking trail. All the women had either been shot or stabbed, with one victim showing signs of a vicious and sustained attack.
0: Horrible.
1: Later in the year, more victims were discovered. In October, 18-year-old Cynthia Moreland and her fiancé, 19-year-old Richard Stowers, went missing while hiking. Also, in October 22, Diana O'Connell and 23-year-old Shauna May were both found shot and killed at Sky Trail in Point Reyes or Rise, Rays, I don't know how you pronounce that. R e y e s. How would you say Rays. that? Raise. Diana O'Connell and Shauna May were killed hours apart on the same fucking day the women didn't even know each other but police suspect that one woman happened upon the other being attacked which sealed her fate awful i mean i felt absolutely soiled after reading about this guy horrific man
0: but also he kills so he can think straight so in this instant he was like oh i've murdered this one woman i I still can't think straight need to murder another one
1: well he'd absolutely unleashed the beast at this point Going back to the engaged couple, Cynthia and Richard, who had disappeared before the last two victims I mentioned, um, O'Connell and May, their remains were only discovered in November of that year. So even though they had been murdered before...
0: Before those two women. Diane O'Connell
1: and Shauna May, they weren't found until November, which was months later. Sheriff Al Howenstein said at a news conference in November 1980, the killer, who has a severe psychological problem is motivated to put the victims through some degree of discomfort prior to the killings. Victims had been found in submissive positions. Oh, yuck. So I'm not going to go into all the details because it was absolutely awful, but if you want to, you can find it. It's out there.
0: If you're interested and you're on the Patreon,
1: you can have a look at these links and get into the grim, gory details. In March of 1981, Carpenter attacked 20-year-old Ellen Hansen and her boyfriend, 20-year-old Steve Hertel. Hansen died but Hertel survived after being shot in the neck. Jesus. In May 1981, he killed his last victim, 20-year-old Heather Skaggs, who was a co-worker at a print shop where he was employed. Much like Lois, who was a co-worker. She had asked Carpenter to give her a ride to Santa Cruz so that she could buy a car from one of his friends. She was then found murdered naked in a state park in Santa Cruz County. So he'd kind of been a bit sloppy there.
0: Yes. But also, too, if you're working with this guy, aren't you getting creep vibes from him? Like, I don't want to be in a car alone with this guy.
1: It was pointed out. Oh. That he was creepy and that he had a crush on her by her co-workers, but she didn't seem to mind for some reason. And I'm not victim blaming. No. I guess she made a calculated choice at the time. Sadly for her, it didn't turn out. She
0: might have just been a very kind-hearted lady who just thought he's a little bit yeah. odd. You know, he's fine. He's sweet. He's just she a bit felt different. Sorry for exactly. Him. Yeah. Oh, and she paid with
1: her life. Unfortunately, it's so sad. Carpenter was also the chief suspect in the disappearance and death of 17-year-old Anna Kelly Menjivar, who was a bank teller that he would try to chat up until another customer made a complaint against him. That was two days before her disappearance, and her remains weren't discovered until almost a year later. Oh, my God. This guy, David Carpenter, evaded capture for almost two years. But after Hertel was able to give police a description of the killer, this is the chap who got away after being shot in the neck, then they finally tracked him down. There was a Los Angeles Times report that said three people called a special trailside killer hotline and recommended that the police look into Carpenter, including an old girlfriend who recognised him from a composite drawing.
0: Interesting, because I always think those composite drawings are never good, but in this instance, yes.
1: Well, the police already had 160 suspects drawn up. Not one of them was him.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because he'd been living quietly on parole... he wasn't even on the sex offender's register. Fucking
0: hell. Join the dots. Join the dots, people.
1: Despite being in prison, in and out of prison since he was a teenager. Police went after him for these murders until the evidence began to stack up and they even found a gun that linked to both Carpenter and seven of the trailside killer victims. He was eventually found guilty of murder, attempted murder, rape, and attempted rape in most of the suspected attacks, but denied that he was the trailside killer. Of course he did. wasn't me. I guess he's just last ditch. Not me. So in an interview from 2013, he said, I was the logical suspect. Everyone was convinced I was the trailside killer long before I was charged with any of those murders. Even the investigators knew I was innocent, which I don't think is true, Michelle, actually.
0: I think he has some kind of mental illness.
1: So there was DNA evidence, as I said, from 2010 that linked Carpenter definitively to the murder of Bennett, though he remains suspect only for the deaths of Kane and Schwartz. Today, David Carpenter is the oldest prisoner on death row in California at age 93 having arrived in prison in November 1984. Right. He's still going, Michelle. He's still alive. If he's on death row... They're not going to execute him because California has now paused capital punishment for the time being.
0: Which I do agree with.
1: Absolutely. So if you want more information about this guy and you're into documentaries, there's one on Discovery's Very Scary People. Going back to the Lisa Lois connection... This isn't the only link to Hollywood for the trailside killer because there was a fictional version of him in a 1983 Charles Bronson film called Ten to Midnight that features a serial killer who's eerily similar. So if you want some New Year's visuals watching (laughs) Rex, there you go. There's two of the best. I personally won't be watching them. But I'll go and find some other things to watch, such as there's a new film with Julia Roberts, an eavesdropper and friend has told me about called, I think it's on Netflix and it's a bit like Don't Look Up. It's about the end of the world via techno breakdown. It's called The End of the World or something like that.
0: I didn't know she was still... Around. I didn't know she was still doing things. Well, every now and again, she might need a little cash injection. Fair enough. Leave the world behind. Leave the world behind. Leave the world behind. Leave the kids behind. Leave the world behind. (laughs) Wow. Okay, I'll have to have a look at that because I am a bit low on Rex. I've been listening to lots of podcasts Can't
1: mention them. What are you listening to, Michelle? There are other podcasts. There are, but cannot
0: mention them because they're research for upcoming episodes. And been watching some documentaries. Again, keep your eyes peeled because they're coming up. But I did have a, a rec
1: for Boiling Point. Yes, I've watched that, the film, and I've started the TV series. So damn good. Starring poor little actor who you don't rate. Stephen Graham.
0: Poor little actor who you said is a national treasure. I'm just not a fan.
1: Well, you'll love him after seeing Boiling Point the movie.
0: Well, we're watching the movie. Good. We're watching the movie. And it's the kind of thing, we come home from a hard night at the restaurant and then watch a hard night at a restaurant. Yes, it's
1: one hard night.
0: So we're watching that at the moment. But any other good wrecks, get in touch. Open, I'm open.
1: Don't say it too often, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) People might get the wrong idea.
0: My mind is open, my mind.
1: I am going to wish you and all of our lovely eavesdroppers now a very happy new year. Let's ring in the bells for 2024 and another 52 episodes coming up in 2024. All being well. Touching wood here. I'm just touching wood. I am too. Thank you for your support. We love you.
0: We do. And as I always say, We love yous. We love yous and we appreciate you.
1: We are grateful for you.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for being eavesdroppers. Happy New Year. See you in 2024. Big hugs to everyone.
1: And with that beautiful sentiment, Michelle, the only thing left to say is wherever you are,
0: whatever you do, just just keep
1: keep eavesdropping. eavesdropping. He's dropping 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 all day